an open text podcast. Welcome to the Open Text Developer Cast. Today, we have Arnaud Lorette. As you may recall, Arnaud was with us uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, he works uh, for Postman and he's the API's government governance lead. And he spent some time with us explaining what an API governance uh, project is. What is it? What it is not? We had such a great conversation and he covered some of the steps which are needed to be implemented to have a solid, robust uh, program. And we thought and we, we thought that it would be great to have him go through the, the details of those steps because many people may have heard about the topic, liked it so much, but now they want to go into the details. So Arnaud is back. Arnaud, thank you so very much for being back. Thank you, Cesar. I'm glad to be here with you and talk about API governance again. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm very happy that you're back. And, and, and as I was mentioning, we had such a great conversation and the, and the topic of API govern, governance got a tra- lot of traction and a lot of attention. And uh, people felt that we wanted to have you back and go deeper into the details of the steps that you mentioned to have a successful program. So we already talk about API governance, people Mm -hmm. already understand what it is. So why don't you take us through all these steps that you feel uh, companies and and people should go through to to make it a successful uh, process? So I'll let you take the lead here. Yeah, uh, so maybe I can list them first, then then we can dive into them. So it's not a a strict recipe is just an idea of what you have uh, to go through to establish API governance. Uh, uh, and you will probably have to adapt things to, to your organization. Um, so the seven steps uh, we're talking about are number one, establish an API lifecycle. Step two, identify the API governance owners. Three, take stock of your APIs. Four, defining document standards, five, ensure the standards are known and easy to apply, six, measure impacts and effectiveness, and seven, iteratively improve your standards and your API governance. So these are the four steps, the seven steps, sorry. Uh, these are not actual steps you will go through sequentially. Uh, you will probably have some back and forth and uh, proceed uh, in, in parallel. Mm-hmm. But it's just to give the VID. Um, the first step, establishing the API lifecycle, uh, is important because it will give you uh, the indication on where uh, you should work on API governance. So the um, maybe I should define what is the API lifecycle. The, the API lifecycle are the steps an API will have to go through from its inception to uh, its deployment into pro- into production and, 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 and that the API is consumed. So you probably have to define what the API does, uh, design it, develop it, test it, uh, ensure security, uh, and so on. So we at Postman, we have um, uh, developed a kind of standard uh, API producer lifecycle based on uh, numerous companies who have been talking to. Um, so these are roughly the steps I described, but depending on the, your organization, how you work, you may 
have more or less step. The idea is to really think about, okay, when we create an API, what do we do? Uh, who does mm-hmm. what? And between the start and the beginning, and it's never a beginning because once you have deployed the API and it is consumed, usually you go back and uh, make it evolve. So why it is important for API governance? Some people may say that's sound interesting for API development or creating them, <laughs> but why for governance specifically? So for governance, the idea is to, if you remember and if you heard, um, listen to last episode, governance mm-hmm. is there to help people maximize the value created by API. So it's really about, okay, how can we help people create API? And so if you know all the steps an API have to go through to be created and deployed, you will then be able to look at each step and know and think about what you can do to make uh, this step uh, easier to pass mm-hmm. and how you can specifically help people at that specific step. So that's uh, just defining, okay, what, do, what are the steps to create APIs? Then you look at those steps and you go to step two, you need to identify owners, identify API governance owners. So most of the time, people will focus on API governance uh, at design time. It's actually very important, but you mm-hmm. can impl- you, you may need governance at over phases of your API, like when you deploy it, when you, uh, when you define the architecture, when you develop it, when you provide it to customers, Anytime. So you need to identify for each step who are the person, the people who can be the uh, the perfect people to help others uh, put things in place uh, correctly. So it could be experts. Uh, for instance, when you talk about the design of an API, may, you may have tech leads or software architects that can be good at designing the API, but when you define it, what the API does, what kind of product, private or public product, uh, will we create uh, product owners uh, can be interesting too. So the idea is to identify for each step who can give a hand to help everyone pass the step more easily. Uh, then afterwards, you can, or in parallel, uh, you never start API governance from scratch. Mm-hmm. There, are always, there are always pre-existing APIs. And if you are able to establish the API lifecycle, it's probably because you already have <laughs> created APIs. And so the idea is to take the stock of your APIs to know, okay, what APIs exist to afterward be able to decide where you will start, how you will define your standard and so on. If you do not if you don't have any clue about uh, what API exists, it can be tricky to establish standards and also to help people. Um, sometimes it can be tricky just to know what are the APIs that exist. So to know that you can, you, you may not be able to know at a full extent what are all the API that exist because some of them can be deeply done in systems. Uh, so no worries about that. Uh, having just already a good idea of what are the APIs that are shared between teams uh, or with the outside world could be interesting. So to take stock of your API, you may first look at 
who are the, the person you identified as owners uh, at the deploy phase of your API lifecycle? Because they may, they, if they are deployed somewhere, they may be exposed on a gateway or different gateway, but you can uh, get information from them to know what are the APIs that exist. Um, so once you know uh, the API lifecycle, you know who can help you on the different steps, and you have a rough idea of your API portfolio, uh, you can start to define and document standards. So the most of use one are API design standards, but you can define standards for any aspects of API, how you secure them, uh, if they are public API, how you decide the pricing uh, when you expose them or when you define the security, the configure um, the API gateway for security, you can also define standards. So the idea is to, once you have a, a good view on how you create API, what are the API exist, you can work on defining standards. Uh, so when you define standards, you have two options. Starting from a blank page, saying, okay, we'll take the top of the art, uh, design guidelines or security guidelines or uh, architecture guidelines that exist. And we, we'll, from now on, decide to apply them. Um, when there are pre-existing elements, that can be complicated because there could be a huge gap between these ideal standards that come from the outside world and how you actually operate. And Arnold, one question before you go on. When you, when you talk about defining uh, or document, documenting uh, all, all this information, um, is, it, is it just a person from one specific department who does it or is it uh, across your organization? I'm asking because I tend, I tend to relate documentation to, mm. to maybe people from operations, but not with the input of other teams. But in this case, when we talk about API documentation, are we talk about one department, several departments? How does that work? Uh, so it will be up to the owners you identified previously to work on that, maybe alone or maybe with the help of others. Uh, but you need to have someone who will give her, give her information for their relative domain. So you can have people working on security, people who are uh, more interested by API design, some of them by API architecture. But you have to have someone who centralize that. Centralize, uh, just, uh, I should be careful using that word. Depending on the size of your organization, uh, having a highly centralized API governance may not be uh, the, 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 the right way of doing that. So you, you may also need to find a balance between having uh, something which is centralized or decentralized or federated. Uh, but regarding the definition of standards, once you, once you have defined an owner for a step, let's say, for instance, design, okay. uh, this owner may look at the stock of APIs that exist in the uh, perimeter they can work on, if it's a subset of the whole organization, for instance, and they may look at the existing practice, for instance, and okay. define the standards based on that. Because sometimes, uh, yes, APIs may be a little bit inconsistent, but still, oh, in that domain in, in, of this specific team, actually, uh, design APIs pretty well, so we may take them as an example and expand. 
Uh, it's just sometimes a question of formalizing rules that were not formalized before. But, so you need to define that. And so that's why I was talking about starting from a blank page or leveraging existing practices. Sometimes Got it's it. easier to leverage existing practices and just tweak a little bit to make uh, things smoother, unless that goes really against uh, highly fundamental uh, principles. That makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, so once you have defined and document standards, and, and you will see that you, you did not define them all in one shot, uh, they are just there. Uh, you wrote a book, it's on a shelf, but nobody will read them unless <laughs> they are aware they exist and what they gain by applying them. Right. So it's important to go to the next step, ensuring the standards are known and easily applied. Uh, so you need to go and talk to everyone who are creating APIs. And again, I take the example of design, but there are also other concerns. And to tell them, okay, we need to collectively apply those stand design standards because that will help us to make APIs that are consistent, so easier to use, uh, because they will look and behave uh, the same. So once you have learned to use one, you can move to the other and it goes faster. Uh, it will help you design your API faster because you will not wonder again and again how to manage pagination. Nobody cares about that. Uh, you choose one solution and then you apply it across all your APIs. What really matters is what the API does. Got it. So you can concentrate on that. So it's really a question because sometimes people can be reluctant. Okay, you, you will teach me how to do my job. No, it's not the idea. It's to give you the tools that will help you to go uh, quicker. Which and is a lot of a big yeah. difference between the, it's a, the concept is completely different. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and also it can make beginners more confident because, oh, I have a recipe, a guide that I can use to design my APIs. Uh, and so you need to make that known to make people realize, okay, we have defined guidelines, we have people who can help you uh, bootstrap, understand where they are, how they work and so on. And we can also provide you tools to simplify uh, applying those guidelines. Uh, not, uh, guidelines cannot be automated at 100%. But when it comes to ensuring that all your properties are in camel case, that you do not forget some specific HTTP status response, uh, that you are using uh, uh, um, a specific data model for errors, or that you model list in a certain way. And there are many things that you can put in your guidelines that you can make automated using um, Linda. Mm -hmm. uh, so for instance, the most known uh, regarding API is uh, Spectral. Uh, so you can use spectral, define rules, uh, feed spectral with your uh, open API document, which describes your APIs and check that they're okay. That will not tell you that you are creating the right API, but it can tell you that you are more or less creating an API that looks right. So from an, not an aesthetic, but a stylistic perspective, it's okay. It will be consistent with others. And then you can, um, concentrate on 
are we creating the right APIs? Okay. And so when I was talking about standards, you can create standards providing recipes that can help people uh, to decide if they uh, are creating the, the right API. So we can move to the next step. Uh, when we do that, we do not do that just for fun, just <laughs> for, to have consistent APIs. So sometimes people forget where, why they are putting API governance in place. They think it's about, oh, we have to define rules. So I will define thousands of rules. No, it's not the game. The idea is to help people create uh, API easily and maximize the, the value generated. So you have to measure that. So you have to define your indicators, for instance, uh, maybe how long does it take to integrate uh, an API from a team, then uh, the, the, the time that you may spend in support, or it will depend on the how you started with your, with your guidelines. But what is important if you measure uh, the effectiveness of your uh, initiative, your governance initiative, is that you will iterate because you will never set up a complete API governance system that covers everything uh, at first try. It's impossible because okay. there are many things to cover. There are probably many different teams, business line to work with, so it can be quite complicated. So you really have to understand that you will do all what I described iteratively. So you can start with um, uh, a few set of rules that are really important. Let's say, for instance, security or rules bounded to performance of APIs. Start with that, see how it works, and then add more and more uh, standardization, not for the sake of standardization, but for how can we help people create APIs that are easy to use and easy to understand? And so we have gone through all the seven steps. And this is great. You know what, Arnaud, as I was listening, uh, it's good to establish and have an order uh, so people can fully understand what makes something work? And some people may be thinking, oh, I mean, this sounds to be very cumbersome. Some people may be thinking, oh, hold on a second, but uh, what's the value of it? And I, I and I come back to, to the point that you keep saying that, you know what, you, you have to do things well. And in order to do things well, you have to do it. You have to look at all the different aspects from from the time you you conceive an idea, you uh, you start planning it, you start executing, and after something is launched, you need to keep that. You need to keep that constant process to make sure that something some, that something works. And uh, which brings me to to a question. And I know I know each one of these steps, ha I mean, has its own challenges. Uh, so having said that. Are there any of these any of these steps which may provide the, the, the biggest challenge for people to 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 follow up or or not? Yeah, the, I think the biggest challenge is ensuring the standards are known and applied and accepted. Because uh, if and and that's normal, someone come uh, to you and said, "Okay, now you will do APIs that way." which is different from what you, 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 you were used to. You may feel, okay, so that means before I was doing things wrong. And so that's an issue or I may not agree with the standards. I may understand them, but I may not agree because I have different views on them. Right. 
Uh, so that's the most challenging. And to overcome that, uh, I personally use two, two ways. The first one is really, okay, I'm here to help you. I'm not here to tell you how to do your job. And uh, I should actually, that's the second. The first thing is, uh, when I was talking about identifying owners and defining standards, it's really important that the standards, the people who define the standards and the standards are defined closely with or by the people who are actually use them. Because if you arrive without having talking to anybody and say, okay, this is now the way of creating APIs. Okay, so <laughs> that's totally new. I don't know where does it come from. So that's, that's an issue. But if you work with the people and even say to them, okay, I'm just here to help you define how we should create API collectively based on your existing practice, outside world practice, but you tell me what makes sense for you altogether. Then it, it is easier to make that accepted because, hey, it's the rule we are defining ourselves. So it's easier to right. them. Which, go, which goes back to, to the fact that uh, for any process that companies uh, may have in place, you always need to have engagement. And engagement be, means having people uh, understand why something is done, what's the value of it, and be open to, to changes when the time comes or when there's any change to the, to the product it, itself or a project. So engagement, I would say it's, it's key to to install or to have these type of processes in place. Um, Arnaud, you know, it's it's been great to hear about these uh, these seven steps. And, and again, uh, last time we spoke, uh, we both felt that we wanted to go more into the details of these seven steps. And again, establishing an API lifecycle, owners having a stock of the APIs, documentation, uh, knowing the standards, measuring and improving, improving the process. So. Very likely there is more information that you may want to share. So for those who, who wish to go even further and maybe read more about these, uh, these steps for, for API governance, where can they get them? So they can go to the Postman website. There is a white paper uh, titled Develop the Right API Governance for Model for Your Organization that they can read. So the steps are listed there. And there are also numerous uh, blog posts on uh, the Postman blog uh, talking about API governance in general. Perfect. So to those listening to us today, go into the Postman uh, website and you will find more information. You can also maybe find Arnaud, Arnaud Lorette on the on, on Google. Just Google him and I'm very, yeah, very likely. Yeah, find me. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they will find you. Arnaud, thank you so very much for being here again today. It's been a pleasure. And before I let you go, any final comments, recommendations, uh, thoughts for those wishing to go through the path of establishing an API governance process? Uh, one final word, never lose of sight why you are implementing governance, helping people create APIs. And if you do not forget that, everything should be well. Great recommendation. Hey, it's Arnaud from Postman. If he's saying it, it must be right. I mean, it's a great company, great expertise, great professionals. So there you go, Arnaud. Thank you so very much. And um, hopefully you'll be back someday. Thank you, Cesar. Thank you for listening to the OpenText Developer Cast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a review. And don't forget to come back next month for another episode.